This is True News, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us God. Nuclear war between NATO and Russia is certain. That's the conclusion of the Russian general who wrote the military book for Russia's nuclear war strategy. Details are reported in an article published by the Daily Mail. But before I tell you what the general said, I want to remind you about the changes coming to True News on Monday, September 11. Doc Burkhardt is here with me. And in fact, the changes have already started. We have departed our uh, regular studio because it is being dismantled. And we are now in a temporary studio, which happens to be in my office. That's right. And so we're in the corner of my office, um, surrounded by a lot of the books that fill this office. I've lost count, Doc. I don't know, 7,000 books, something 5,000, 7,000, something like that. Most of them very old books. Um, and uh, so we're, we're, we're going to be here for, I don't know, how long? A month? Might be longer Maybe than two that, months. somewhere along that line. So. so this will be our new home for a while until we move into the new facility. It's uh, The transition is going to be stretched out over about three months. And we have a lot that we have to move, but we are in the moving mode. And a lot of work is being done by a very, very small staff as we keep this ministry going. And as I said before, it is, uh, to give you an idea of what it's like, it's like changing a tire while you're driving on the interstate at 70 miles an hour. Right. You got to keep driving, and yet you got to change the tire. That's what we're going through right now, dismantling, moving, and maintaining at the same time. So starting Monday, new start time and some new distribution. We will begin True News at 12 noon. It will go to a two-hour program, 12 to 2 Eastern Time. We will stream live on truenews.com, faithandvalues.com, Rumble, Getter, and an assortment of other platforms. It will be there as a live stream for two hours. Uh, we will also simultaneously broadcast on WWCR shortwave radio. We are returning to shortwave radio after about a seven or eight year absence. And WWCR graciously invited us to come back. Uh, we are going to be occupying the time that uh, Alex Jones InfoWars has had for over 25 years. And we will be moving into that slot beginning on Monday, 9-11 of all days. And, and for me, I don't know why the Lord chose 9-11, but I was on shortwave radio on 9-11-2001. Yes. And now we're going back on shortwave on 9-11. And, um, you know, Doc, I just uh, I just thought about something. Uh, the, I mean, you know, I for, completely forgot about this. August 30th, 2001. I was, we were in Granbury, Texas at that time. It was our, our hometown. And I was driving from our studio to the post office okay. in the afternoon. And uh, I get a phone call from a woman that Susan and I know. Her, uh, her name is Leah. Uh, lives in Dallas, Texas. A businesswoman. She and her husband uh, own businesses in Dallas, Fort Worth. And um, Leah is actually the woman mentioned 
in the introduction of this book, Final Day. Okay, she's mentioned in in this book in the introduction. All right, and in the book, after I wrote, I wrote another book in two thousand nineteen ninety eight called Judgment Day, and in Oct- Oct- it came out in October nineteen ninety eight. I got invited to speak at a uh, a Y two K event, and I didn't want to go. And my daughter kept telling me, you need, you need to go. And she just insisted. And I finally said, I'll, I'll go. It was in Garland. At that time, I lived in Colleyville. And I said, okay, I got to drive across DFW at rush hour time to get over to Garland in time for this meeting. I finally agreed to do it. And I'm sitting in the back. It was in a hotel. And they had rented a ballroom. And I'm sitting in the back. So I can exit quietly and easy if I wanted to get out of the meeting. Right. And there was a, a couple rows behind me of people. And the man that was uh, running the meeting recognized me. He had read the book. He had read Judgment Day. Judgment Day. And I'd only been out for a month. And so he asked me to stand up. I stood up and said hello and everything. And when I sat down, the woman behind me tapped me on the shoulder and whispered, I need to talk to you right away. So I got up and walked out into the hallway of the hotel, and her name was Leah, and she said, you're the man I've been praying for. And I said, ma'am, I've never met you before. How could you be praying for me? She goes, I've been praying for you for two years. I said, we've never met. She says, I know we haven't met, but two years ago, the Holy Spirit told me to pray for a man who would write a book entitled Judgment Day. You're the man. I've been praying for you for two years. So that's how I met Leah. Interesting introduction, right? Yes. Somebody you want to stay in touch with. So fast forward to August 30th. No, excuse me. I'll take it back. August 11. August 11. One month before 9-11. August 11, 2001. I'm driving through Granbury, Texas. I'm going to the post office. My phone rang. I looked and saw it was Leah. And Leah says, oh, my gosh, Rick, I got to talk to you. I go, what's wrong? Because she, she sounded alarmed. I said, what is wrong? She goes, everywhere I go today, there are alarms ringing. I go, what do you mean? She goes, burglar alarms, car alarms, fire alarms, microwave, oven alarms. Everywhere I go, I'm hearing alarms. And the really unusual thing about it is the people can't turn off the alarms. Everywhere I've been that the alarms have gone off, the owner of the property or the device can't get the alarm to stop. And finally, after this happening for hours throughout the day, and she's traveling around going places, you know, and this is happening everywhere she goes. She said, I finally realized This is unusual. God, are you saying something to me? And the Holy Spirit said to her, call Rick and tell him the alarms are ringing and they will not be turned off. That was August 11, 2001. 30 days later, September 11. Why is this important? Because when I started this program, 
in late May 1999. The Holy Spirit told me to say for 30, for, excuse me, for 90 days, judgment starts in America on September 11. And now here we go. We fast forward to August 11, 2001. The Lord is telling Leah, tell Rick the alarms are ringing and they will not be turned off. And Leah said, what do you think this means? And I said, Leah, um, God's been giving us warnings. What I'm hearing you say is he's telling us this time the warnings. Th this is real. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Why am I going back on shortwave radio on 9-11? I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll just wait and see. Yes. Well, you know, one of the most chilling memories I have of September 11th, I was out of the country at the time. But I still remember watching the news after the, uh, the destruction of the towers um, and the image of just rubble, but alarms coming from underneath the rubble. Yeah. And they couldn't get to them. Right. You know, there, you heard, you know, the, the police and firemen that got trapped under yes. the rubble, their, uh, I guess, their personal yes. devices, their alarm yes. devices, you could hear them. So you knew people were trapped under the rubble yes. and there was nothing they could do. And Terrifying sounds. Yes. Terrifying. So, well, I'm not prophesying anything. I'm not predicting. I'm just wondering because this is unusual. We didn't expect to go back on international shortwave. In fact, a couple months ago, as we launched Faith and Values, our plan was by the end of, of September, this program would be exclusively behind the paywall of Faith and Values. Right. And then the door opened up for WWCR. Right. And, and then that meant, well, we have to do the program live at 12 noon. Yes. And, have, and it's actually a four-hour four hour block in the afternoon, 12 to 4 p.m., we're not ready to do four hours, so we're going to do two hours and then repeat two hours. I want to put the uh, times up for those of you who are have a shortwave radio. So during the daytime in the U.S., frequency 12160, 12 p.m. noon to 4 p.m. Eastern time. That's with a repeat at 2 p.m. 12 to 2 will be live, 2 to 4, repeat it. That's 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. UTC, which is a consolidated universal time. And then again at night, these will be uh, reruns, frequency 4840 from 10 p.m. Eastern to 2 a.m. Eastern. That's 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. UTC. Uh, that time we may someday, Doc, be doing something live at night. Right. We'll see. We'll just see what the Lord does. But something's changing. Uh, embrace the change. This is we're in a season of change. We've known this for many, many months this year. Uh, a dear, uh, a, a, a dear spiritual son to me uh, told me earlier this year. He said the Lord told him that changes would start here at this ministry in August. Right, and, and they did, and pick up in September, but really kick in. In November. So he was right. Changes started in August. Right. And they accelerated in September. 
we are definitely moving at a much faster speed right now to get everything done to move out of this building. And it'll be November, December until we really get settled into the new place and ramped up to do uh, new things. So well, one, it, of, one of those things that you might have noticed today, we've got a, a new look because we've, we're on a different set here in Rick's office, but we've got these microphones in front of us. Uh, so over the past several years, we've been a video driven ministry that happened to have audio. The change that we're going to be making moving forward is we're going to be an audio-driven ministry that happens to have video. Yes. So uh, that's one of the mindset changes that we're we're going through here internally in the ministry. Yeah. And everybody that works here knows if I could get rid of the cameras, I would. <laughs> All right. I I like radio. All right. I like audio, and I'm feel I feel more comfortable talking uh, on a on an in an audio studio than. Um, I've still got cameras in here. They, the team told me I wouldn't notice the cameras. <laughs> I can barely move in my office right now. There's so much gear in here, but that's okay. The changes are happening. Look, if, if there is change taking place in your life, embrace it. Yes. Embrace it. Let the Holy Spirit move in your life. He's, he's repositioning his sons and daughters right now for growth and for protection. Let him do it. Don't fight it. Don't resist it. Don't mumble and complain. Embrace it and go with it. And especially if you're a friend, partner of this ministry, you're spiritually connected with us. We're all in the same ship, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so we're going through that change. You're going through that change as well. We're in this together. Uh, we're praying for you. You're praying for us. So as Rick said, let's just hug that change. Just That's right. give it a big old bear hug. It's okay. You want some change? Let's do it. Let, where are you taking me? And just trust your father. Amen. He knows what's up ahead. He knows what's up ahead and he will take care of us. And he'll, he'll position us in the places that we're supposed to be for our safety and our prosperity and for his use. Now, let's get back to this uh, news story. Daily Mail reporting, nuclear war is inevitable that's the conclusion uh, of the Russian general who wrote the book for Russia right? called the Russian War Bible. Uh, you see, he's got a great friendly face there, a lot of fun. And uh, he wrote a three-volume war strategy book for the Russian military on how to defeat NATO in a nuclear war. You right. might want to pay attention to this guy. Right. So uh, Daily Mail is reporting that nuclear war is the inevitable conclusion of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And that's coming from a Russian general who wrote the nation's war Bible. The chilling forecast came from retired Major General Alexander Vladimirov, who penned Russia's three-volume book called The General Theory of War. He said that the for the transition to the use of weapons of mass destruction, only one thing is needed – a political decision by the Supreme Commander-in-Chief Vladimir Putin. The veteran commander warned in an interview with journalist Vladislav Shurigan. Now, he said the goals of Russia and the goals of the West are their survival and historical eternity. And this means that in the name of this, all means of armed struggle available to them will be used, including such a tool as their nuclear weapons, he warned. I'm sure that nuclear weapons will be used in this war, inevitably, and from this, neither we nor the enemy have anywhere to go. Let's just stop right there. We can't pass beyond this. Right. This general said, I am sure. I am certain. 
it's guaranteed. Nuclear weapons will be used in which war? This war. This war. Not a future war. This war. And from this, neither we nor the enemy have anywhere to go. Right. In other words, there's no place to hide. It's going to happen. And neither side has any place to go to escape it. So up to this point, really both sides have trained, prepared, and they've carried out what we would consider a conventional war up to this point. Mm -hmm. But this general is saying that the sooner our politicians and leadership realize this, the sooner of uh, uh, the, the inevitability of nuclear war, the sooner we start to train troops and the population for this, the more chances we will have for survival, which means victory. Uh, in Vladimir Olov's 2013 book, the retired Major General argues that there has been a transition from the traditional theory of war, where there was a distinction between peace and war, to more of a permanent state of war, which is characterized by constant fear and insecurity. Now, during oh, go ahead, Rick. I'm sorry. No, he just he just described U.S. foreign policy, a constant state of war. They need it since 2001. We have been in a constant state of war. And, and what for? Constant fear and insecurity. Yes. The American people are so fearful and so insecure that we've gotten used to it. Yes. We've, we've adapted to the fear and insecurity that the ruling class orchestrated deliberately implemented into our society where it really doesn't make an impact on us anymore. Does no, it? We've, it's kind we've of like background noise. Yes. We've accepted permanent war. And what this general saying is you're going to get it. This is coming to you. Now, this is the world that we're living in. Now you've created a, a society that accepts permanent war. And so in, uh, in this uh, interview, he's basically saying we have to change our mindset from what we're currently operating in, that's a conventional uh, war, now to a nuclear exchange that's coming. Our troops have to, be tra have to be trained in that. He goes on and says that during this interview, he said training of troops was vital so they have the ability to wage war under the conditions, listen to this, of the use of weapons of mass destruction. Uh, his book has key lessons for Russians. He said, if you want peace, fight until you win. That's pretty good advice for anyone. But he said, if you want a long and strong peace, bury the hatchet on the territory of the enemy along with him. So we need to be prepared. Prepare the army, the state, the economy, and the population of the country. Basically what he's proposing uh, for Russia is total war. A total war scenario. And that means that all the means of, of uh, commerce, all the means of uh, industry, all the means of political will need to be invested now in, in what is inevitable. And that is there's going to be a direct confrontation between Russia and the West, and there's going to be a nuclear exchange that's involved in that. Yes. And he said the Russian troops have to be trained to wage war while under the conditions of weapons of mass destruction, which are nuclear, biological, and chemical. Yes. That's not just nuclear war. He's talking about all weapons, and, and we'll take it beyond that, scalar weapons, laser weapons, 
directed energy weapons, the next space level, yes. based weapons, uh, robots. Stuff we haven't even seen yet, but we know that they've probably yes. developed already. It's, they're bringing it all out for this next war. So he gives two options for peace. If you want just regular peace, fight until you win. Wear down your enemy and win. But if you want a permanent, long-lasting peace... Put the hatchet in the forehead of your opponent and take him out. Bury the hatchet in your enemy and then bury the enemy. Yes, which means total wipeout of the American people and Europe. There's no other explanation, no other interpretation. He's saying, put the hatchet in their forehead. Put them to sleep. Take them out. You'll have a long peace then. Why am I going back on shortwave on 9-11? Because the alarms are sounding and they can't be turned off. There's so many souls that are not saved. Some that are watching and listening today. That's right. You're that, not saved. that are not prepared. You're not saved. A lot of you are not saved. You're playing games with God. Let me tell you something. The Lord's giving me... The Lord is giving me Alex Jones's airtime on shortwave because Alex Jones was leading people astray spiritually. He was leading people astray. A large number of people watching Alex Jones being told that they're Christians because Alex says he's a Christian, but he uses the F word every other sentence. He's, he has lust for transvestites, interviews. Look, that's reality. And Almighty God said, enough is enough. Enough is enough. How many of those Alex Jones fans think that they're Christians? And they're going to perish in a nuclear war and then perish forever in an eternal flame. I care about souls. I'm not in this for any other reason but souls. God knows it. I would never choose this job. Never. I would never choose this job. Never. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be my choice to go through what I go through. I do it for one reason. There are people watching me and listening to me right now who are not saved. My father keeps telling me, keep going. Don't quit. Don't quit. You're going to reach more people, more souls. More people are going to get saved. Doc, we're, we're going back on shortwave at 9-11 yes. because the alarms are ringing and they can't be turned off. These, these are big alarms ringing. And what that Russian general said, uh, we're not turning them off. We're not going to turn them off. We're going to put a hatchet in your forehead. And then bury you in the We're hatchet. We're going to bury you. And what did Medvedev tweet out last week on Telegram? He quoted Khrushchev saying, we will bury you. From the 1960s, Khrushchev saying, we will bury you. And Medvedev brings it back and says, he was right. We're going to do it. How many American patriots back in the 1960s were warning the American people, 
you're going in the wrong direction. Someday the Russians are going to bury you. But back then in the 60s, we saw the Russians as bad people. They were the Soviet Union, the Communist Party. Now we're the Communist Party. Now we're the bad people. And the Russians are saying, we're still going to bury you. Because you've become evil and you're, you're, you've caused our sons to die on the battlefield. We're not going to forget. We're not going to forgive. We're going to bury you. We want a lasting peace. And there can be no peace as long as the ruling class of America and Europe is alive. That's what they're saying. As long as the ruling class in America and Europe is breathing, there can be no long peace. And based on the last 70 years, they're right. Since World War II. And especially the last 22 years. Yes. Non-stop perpetual war. Dick what? Cheney said a 100-year war. Yes. And we're, we're one-fourth of the way in. He was right. He said there's going to be a 100-year war. And when he said it way back there, in, I don't know what that was, 2001 or two or something like that, everybody like, a 100-year war? What is this guy smoking? Well, he knew what he was talking about. He knew the plan. 100 years of perpetual war. They were going to hand it down to their children and grandchildren until their ruling elite had complete control of the world. And they're running into opposition. And this general said, we need to be training our troops and the population for nuclear war, for weapons of mass destruction, all weapons of mass destruction. Doc, this war is going to go, I thought it would end by now. I thought because of the election coming, they would end it, wrap it up in 23. They're taking this. They just, Biden just sent more money today. Yes, another $600 million after $1 billion yesterday. So $1 billion yesterday, another $600 million today. How much money did Biden send to the people in Hawaii? Oh, $700 per family. Per family. And so we're rebuilding Hawaii? We're going to go to Hawaii and rebuild all the homes? The U.S. government, we're going to take care of our own citizens in Hawaii? No, we're not. We're borrowing money from foreign governments to wage war in Ukraine and to prop up a, a corrupt, evil regime. We're borrowing the money. We, this country loves war so much that we go in debt for war. Yes. And yet we, we, we ignore our own people. How about the people in Pennsylvania with the... Or what, Ohio with the the, the in the, East Palestine, East Palestine, right? Did we ever do anything for them? No. And Joe Biden has never gone there. In fact, he was asked. Uh, his uh, press secretary was asked about that this week. Corrine Jean Pierre, uh, she was asked, "Is the president planning on going to? I mean, he went to Florida. Mm -hmm. He went to Hawaii. Is he planning on going to East Palestine?" He said, "Yes, uh, he's planning on going sometime." Well, what they should do is tell him uh, that there's a beach there because he'll go on vacation. How many times has he gone to Delaware? A lot. Yes. But he doesn't go to East Palestine. He doesn't go to Hawaii. He doesn't visit the American people because he doesn't care. He doesn't care. It's not on the agenda. War is on the agenda. That's right. And he's really not running the government. 
And that's becoming obvious to other people. I've been saying it since he went into the White House. He's not running this government. Barack Obama's running it. Hey, guess what? Other people are now saying it. I'm not so crazy now, am I? And there are Democrats that are starting to say it. That's, that's the scary part. Well, I found some interesting articles today. Uh, this one is from a Finnish newspaper. Yes. Okay. The United States will build military bases in Finland with borrowed money. We're just like the Roman Empire. We debased our currency to expand the military empire. Uh, but also in this article was a revelation that a lot of uh, people that are watching and listening today, you need to hear this. Uh, negotiations between Finland and the United States on a bilateral defense cooperation agreement are well advanced. President of the Republic, Finland, uh, Sali Ninesto, confirmed on Thursday at an event of the Association of Political Journalists that there will be a U.S. military presence on Finnish soil. Really no surprise there. We're all constantly, uh, you know, uh, expanding our military operations globally. It says, while we have talked a lot about the need to have NATO units in Finland or a NATO presence, the uh, DCA agreement will lead to at least some kind of U.S. presence in Finland. Um, now, uh, IL News, the source of uh, this article, previously reported that the intention is to store weapons of the U.S. Armed Forces on Finnish territory. In addition, base areas will be reserved for the use of the Americans. Okay, so uh, we understand now that Finland has been brought into NATO and everything. Now we're gonna, now we're gonna fully baptize them into uh, the you know the NATO culture. But listen to this. Uh, Foreign and security policy sources tell IL News that Finland has begun a diplomatic struggle. That's not really the right word to place the Finns under NATO's new command structure under the Norfolk headquarters. Well, that's Norfolk, Virginia, folks. Yes. Norfolk is located on the east coast of the U.S. and it's the largest naval base in the world. But there are currently no ground forces based there. Now. Uh, it goes on to say, initially, Finland will be in NATO under Brunson's headquarters, but the Finnish leadership wants to change this. Brunson is located in Holland. Finland wants all the Nordic countries to come to Norfolk. The main reason is the desire to strengthen Finland's relationship with the United States. The United States is preparing bilateral defense cooperation agreements with Finland, Sweden, and Denmark. The agreement between Norway and the U.S. is ready. We are in a good situation in that both Denmark and Sweden are negotiating a similar or uh, similar agreement. We keep in close contact with them, the uh, uh, leader said. So, folks, what's happening here? We are going to have a foreign military base in Norfolk, Virginia. We are going to – so we're going to do uh, – we're going to allow – Foreign nations to actually have ground-based forces in Norfolk, Virginia, on the east coast of the United States. That's been going on for years. Doc. I know, but now they're just out in the open about now it. They talk about it. That used to be conspiracy theories, but now we used to talk about foreign troops and American forests and seeing. Yes. And oh, I, no, that doesn't happen. That's the, and I know. knew that was happening back that's, in the 90s when right. I was in the National Guard. Uh, but uh, What's coming together? A world army? Yes. It's a world army. Why do, why do you bring foreign troops into another country? Why? 
to train them and to, to uh, well, you're domesticating them to be your servants. That's right. But it also is kind of a security guarantee in case your own army. Won't, oh, yes. You know, yes. Enforce, then you got foreign troops here. That's right. Uh, they don't know you. They don't care about you. Their family's back home. They can enforce whatever rules that are given to them, orders given to them, because you're just a faceless enemy at that point. Doc, I just had a flashback in my mind going back to early 2000s. I must be that because we're, we're getting ready to go on shortwave. I'm having shortwave radio flashbacks. Okay. <laughs> I remember an article that I reported on shortwave radio in the early 2000s. I got it out of, uh, I, I want to say the Telegraph in London. It was either the Telegraph or the Times of London. And the article said that there was a, a German army soldier who blew the whistle on a military um, exercise on a, on a German military base. This was in Germany, took place in Germany, and it was a military exercise. They were training German troops. Okay. This is sometime, I want to say, I don't, I, I don't know if it was pre-2001 or post-2001. I don't recall. It was in that general area. The German troops were told in this exercise, you are in, I want to say Harlem. It was either in Harlem or the Bronx, New York. And you are to shoot, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to shoot, say the N word. You are to shoot all of the, all the black people you can shoot. This was this was printed in the paper. I read it on shortwave radio in the early 2000s. I've got the article from the New York Times. You found it? I did. This is from April 15th, 2007. I'll, uh, Seven? Was it 2007? So okay. hang on just a moment here. So oh. it says, it's from the New York Times, a German army instructor ordered a soldier to envision himself in the Bronx facing hostile African-Americans while firing his machine gun a video that aired on Saturday on national television showed. Uh, so, yes, that, that Rick's right. That was an actual article. Um, wow, that is incredible. Um, the, the, the exercise was to put down and a, a, for German troops to shoot black Americans in the Bronx. Yes. They don't do stuff like that, do they? Does NATO, NATO soldiers train to shoot Americans in our own streets? Yeah, they do. It's been going on for years. Been going on for a long, long time. Well, why would you need foreign troops in another country to force mandates on people that maybe your own military would be reluctant to enforce? Right. Or no. you've got your military all fighting a big war and there's civil unrest in the home country. So you use the foreign troops that you've moved into your home country to put down the civil unrest. Now, are there any potential mandates coming down the pike, Rick? That, you mean like uh, vaccine mandates? Yes. Mass mandates? They, they deny that they're going to do it while they implement it in various locations. <laughs> you, you got it. 
schools and colleges are already implementing mask mandates while the media says it's a conspiracy theory. They want your brain. They want your mouth to say something your brain and your heart know, knows is a lie. Yes. They want you to say there's no mass mandates coming. There's no vaccine mandates coming. And yet your head and your heart knows they're doing it. They're already rolling them out in Montgomery County, Maryland, in various uh, California colleges. They're already doing it. And yet they deny. And anybody who says it, that's a conspiracy theory. And yet the report came out about two weeks ago that Biden is preparing a new vaccine that everybody should receive. But there's going to be a lot of resistance to the next lockdown. My guess is they're going to release something in 2024 so severe that it will stun the resistors to the first lockdown. They'll release something so severe that even the most hardened resistors to the last needle Nazi propaganda operation, it will stun them. And it won't be COVID. It's not going to be COVID. Remember, the Russian general said all weapons of mass destruction. Yes, including biological. General, uh, not General, Colonel, Colonel Lunov, his book's right there behind you, Doc. Um, I see it right there. His book is right there. All right, we'll get it. We'll get it for another day. Okay, Uh, Through the Eyes of the Enemy. Uh, Colonel Lunov told me in 1999 that the uh, Russian war plan was uh, threefold. There it is. You got it. Yeah. He said it was a threefold war plan. That's cool. Just be able to pull it off the bookshelf yeah, and that's, show people. And so. say, hey, there it is. Get that <laughs> one. Okay. So that's. Uh, but he said it would be uh, chemical, biological, and nuclear. And he said there uh, there will be layers of weapons used on the American people to exterminate them. Uh, that's the book I'm talking about. Through the eyes of the enemy, Colonel Stanislav Luna. GRU, Russian uh, military officer, defected to the uh, West back around 1998. Uh, I personally met him, spent a couple days with him. And uh, I was new and green at this. Very, very green. All right. Uh, And I I, I still, what was uh, red? um, Oh, yeah. I was with him one day. He smoked a lot, and he was standing there smoking a cigarette. And again, look, I'm, I was brand new at this. I had just resigned. This was winter of 99, and I had resigned from TBN in September of 98. Right. So I'm, I'm completely new at this. I've got to be deprogrammed myself. Right. All right. And yet I'm learning as fast as I could. And I wasn't even on the radio yet. And I'm st- I was with Colonel Lunov, and he's standing there smoking. We're outside, and he's smoking a cigarette. And uh, I said, Colonel, tell me about uh, red mercury. If I, hey, look, don't, don't go search red mercury. You're, you'll get yourself in trouble, okay? I'm really serious. That's a, 
He almost swallowed his cigarette. I mean, I, I can still see him. He took the cigarette out of his mouth. And he got up real close to me and he said, men have died for asking about red mercury. And I said, hey, what do you think about the Yankees? <laughs> you changed the subject I changed really the quick. subject. I never brought it up to him again. Red mercury used to be in the news a lot back in the 80s during the Reagan years. Red mercury, there was a story that the Russians had a a super secret nuclear device made with red mercury. And basically, they, if I recall, they, could, they had condensed a nuclear bomb into about the size of a baseball. And they could lob baseball nukes into cities with massive destruction. Okay. Which means if you could get close to a city and you had a, a launcher, I mean, it's like a bazooka type. I mean, you didn't you didn't need an ICBM, right? Or a plane, or a plane. You could just just get to the near the coast, and fire them into the cities. And, and then the, the story was everywhere for years, for a couple of years, and then it just disappeared. It just vanished, completely vanished. This was in the nineteen eighties when Reagan was in the White House. Red mercury. And so, you know, years later, I'm with uh, Lunov, and I asked him about red mercury. And like I said, he told me, he said, men have died for asking about red mercury. That's why I don't recommend that you go on the Internet right now. And there's a bunch of people right now, and you're searching red mercury right now. Okay. I doubt if anything's even still on the Internet. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what's there. But it goes back to really where we started today, where the general warns that this war is going to escalate. And they're going to bring out weapons and weapons of destruction we haven't even imagined yet. Right. And like you said, scalar weapons, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, energy weapons. How about flesh-eating robots? <laughs> yes. Robot soldiers that energize themselves by eating the human corpses flesh. of human flesh that they killed. So they kill people and then... To recharge their batteries, they eat the bodies of the humans they killed. Yes. So they can go kill some more. Science fiction? No, that was a Wired magazine article. Years ago. We have no idea what's coming. The Bible does. The Bible knows. Jesus said, there's tribulation coming. That's so horrible that if God the Father does not cut the day short, no flesh would survive. That's what's coming. That's what's coming. Forget about these elections and all this stuff. This is all nonsense. I don't know if we're going to get through 24, Doc. You know, our... You know, our... our our friend, he's a son. He's my son. All right. Not here in the U.S., in another country. And he prays a lot. And he told me, I believe him because he prays a lot. And he said, uh, 
the Holy Spirit's been telling him that 2024 will be the worst year in the history of mankind. Now, there have been some bad years in the history of mankind, Rick. I mean, some really horrific years in the history of mankind. So we have some uh, madmen running the world right now, running the West, uh, pushing us into nuclear war, nuclear, chemical, biological war. Uh, your Your only protection is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. The blood of Christ. That's it. The blood of Christ. If it's bad enough, we may not even want to survive. Well, you know, but Revelation says, you know, there'd be people crying for the mountains to fall on them. Wishing for death to come. And Medvedev quoted it last week. That's right. He quoted it. They will beg for death and death will not come. That's what the Russian leaders are planning right now. They're mad. They're fed up. And they're going, we're going to take care of your people. And over here in the U.S., you've got people who are in the leadership, puffed up with pride and arrogance, committing their sins, trafficking in little girls and boys, pedophilia, the, the, the crimes the, the, against God and against man that we're doing here is, is so unthinkable. And you, they're like, we're getting away with it. There is no God. Look what we do. There's, there is no accountability anymore. We can do anything we want to do. We are the gods now. Look at the science that we have. Look at our ability to do things. Who and can make war with us? Who can make war with the beast? And then you have a lot of the American people that are, are, have forgotten God. Just completely written off God. That's an antique thought. That's an old age. doesn't exist anymore. Science is our God now. We live for our lust. We live for our bellies, for our pleasure. That's the mindset of millions of people today. And it's going to come to a sudden collision with Almighty God. And most of those people are going to die and their souls will be lost for eternity. That's what this ministry is about. I'm not trying to save America. I'm trying to save American souls. I'm trying to save European souls. I'm trying to save African souls. I'm trying to save Russian souls, Chinese souls. I'm trying to save souls anywhere. That's what this ministry is about. To tell people that you must be under the blood of Christ. Your name must be in the book of life. You must be baptized. You must be in his church. We are approaching the end of the age of mankind. Right. The alarms are ringing and they cannot be turned off. I got about 11 minutes remaining. Uh, Ohio Senator J.D. Vance introduced a bill to ban federal mask mandates called the Freedom to Breathe Act. (laughs) And he attempted to get it passed by the Senate today. Uh, this uh, this is a report from WTRF. 
uh, television. Uh, I believe that's Wheeling, West Virginia. Yes. So good old uh, Wheeling. Yes. Uh, so Ohio uh, Senator J.D. Vance is expected to introduce the Freedom to Breathe Act, which would uh, prevent the reimposition of federal mask mandates in the U.S. Now, the Freedom to Breathe Act, which would apply through the end of 2024, would prohibit any federal official, including the president, from issuing mass mandates applying to domestic air travel, public transit systems, or primary, secondary, or post-secondary schools. It uh, goes on to say the legislation would also prohibit air carriers, transit authorities, and educational institutions from refusing service to individuals who choose not to wear a mask. Uh, we have uh, this report from Fox uh, News. This was uh, a few days ago. Uh, this is uh, J.D. Vance appearing uh, on the channel explaining why he's presenting this uh, particular Freedom to Breathe Act. Just a week ago, Donald Trump issued a video, a very sensible video, saying no more mandates. We're not going back to the COVID tyranny of a couple of years ago. Democrats howled in protest and said nobody's trying to bring back mask mandates. And yet this week we see, see multiple instances confirming Trump's thesis that you have multiple entities within our government, within the public health bureaucracy. There are local public schools in the D.C. area now reimposing mask mandates. This is coming back unless we stop it from happening. That's why I introduced this legislation, and I'm going to force the Democrats to vote on it. If they say the mask mandates are not coming back, then come to the Senate floor, vote with us, and say no more mask mandates. Let's make it bipartisan. Okay, so they had a vote today. Yes, they did. And we've got a video clip from C-SPAN, and this is just part of the debate that happened today, just hours ago. Uh, here is Senator Vance on the Senate floor. Heed the message from the American people and let's learn the lessons of the past couple of years. Mandatory masking was a failure. It had costs for very little benefits, and we shouldn't repeat it. Mr. President, as of in legislative session, I ask unanimous consent that the Senate proceed to the immediate consideration of S-2738, the Freedom to Breathe Act, which is at desk. Further, that the bill be considered read a third time and passed, and the motion to reconsider be considered made and laid upon the table with no intervening action or debate. Is there objection? Uh, reserving the right to object. Senator from Massachusetts. This bill would undermine the ability of states cities and towns across this country to make decisions about what's best for their communities. It would silence and hamstring public health experts who have guided our nation out of the darkest days of a pandemic that has killed 1,139,000 people in our country in three years. Let me repeat that. This disease has killed 1,139,000 people already. And doctors, experts are saying that COVID is coming back. It's on the rise once again. Of course, it did not pass. And so um, uh, Senator Vance tried to force a, uh, you know, a, a unanimous, unanimous consent right. vote. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there was no way there was going to be a unanimous consent because there are people that want mass mandates and they want them in place because they want people to shut up. <laughs> Here, put this mask on so you'll quit talking. Doc, the uh, New York Post reported that the House Republicans accused the CDC of pushing Biden agenda on COVID vaccines. 
And it's an interesting article. It says House, this again, the New York, New York Post. Uh, House Republicans have accused the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention of pushing the Biden administration's political agenda on COVID-19 booster shots against the scientific advice from the health agency's own advisory panel. Yes. Why have an advisory panel? If you're not going to listen to Why it. not follow the science? Isn't that what we were told? Follow the science. The science advisory panel said, here's our advice. Yes. And now we're not going to, quote, follow the science. Well, the science they're following is political science. And so uh, the select uh, subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic, headed by Chairman Brad Winstrup of Ohio, demanded in a letter obtained by the Post that the CDC release its notes explaining why it decided to overrule its 15-member vaccine advisory panel during a 2021 meeting. So uh, back on September 23rd of 2021, the ACIP, uh, which uh, opted against recommending booster shots for those in high-risk occupations such as healthcare workers and teachers. But the following day, former CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky superseded that recommendation and endorsed the vaccines anyway. Okay, so uh, ACIP specifically noted the risk of myocarditis in young men and advising against broadly recommending booster shots for those in high risk occupations. Now, let's hold right there for just a moment. This was in 2021. They knew about the myocarditis incidents back in 2021, Rick. But they stay quiet about it. That's right. So uh, Winston wrote this in a letter to CDC Director Mandy Cohen on Wednesday. He said, yet former Director Walensky disregarded this aspect of ASIP's advice and included this younger, healthier cohort anyway. So they knew that there was damage being caused by these so-called vaccines, which are really gene therapy operating systems. Winstrup also drew attention to the speed with which the National Public Health Agency acted to overrule its own advisory panel at the time, said this highly capricious decision is even more concerning due to the broad authority that the CDC director, a position that is not currently subject to the advice and consent of the United States Senate, wields in making decisions about Americans' health, Winstrup wrote. Uh, so they knew that there were issues with the gene therapy operating systems way back in 2021 when we were talking about that's right what was happening that people were just dropping dead of heart attacks. You know, it's interesting, Doc. The uh, previous CDC director was a member of the tribe, and she was replaced by another member of the tribe. It seems like the tribe has some kind of lock well, I, on, this, the, on the position. Uh, this is the most diverse administration in history, Rick. Right. You realize that, right? Uh, I've, I've got one more um, story that we'll talk about. This is BBC. Scientists grow whole model of human embryo without sperm or egg. BBC. This is not Mad Magazine. BBC. Scientists have grown a human embryo without human sperm or human egg. So what do you have? And guess where the scientists, guess where they're located? The Wiseman Institute. Yes, Israel. That's right. So scientists have grown an entity that closely resembles an early human embryo. Without, an entity. Yes, without using sperm, eggs, or womb. 
The Wiseman Institute team says that their embryo model made using stem cells looks like a textbook example of a real 14-day-old embryo. It even released hormones that turned a pregnancy test positive in the lab. The ambition for embryo models is to provide an ethical way of understanding the earliest moments of our lives. Sure it is. Embryo research is legally, ethically, and technically fraught, but there is now a rapidly developing field mimicking natural embryo development. This research, published in the journal Nature, is described by the Israeli team as the first complete embryo model for mimicking all the key structures that emerge in the early embryo. Um, you mean like Frankenstein? They've created a Frankenstein in an Israeli laboratory. They have the ability now to create a race of people who are not people. Yes. Soulless entities, soulless humanoids. Um, Gentile slaves. A, the, the true goyim. That yes, yes, yes. They've created the ability to to produce a population of goyim slaves that could replace the human goyim. Because those human goyim tend to be fraught with uh, characteristics of disobedience at times. Yes. Antichrist is here. Yes. Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist. The Bible doesn't say that there's a man called the Antichrist. I know that messes up a lot of people's theology, but Antichrist is only used, what, four times? Yes. It's all in the book of John. It's always about a spirit, spirit of Antichrist. Right. And it was present in the world in John's yes. day. Yes. He said Antichrist is here now. Antichrist is Anybody that denies that Jesus Christ came to earth as God in human flesh, that's Antichrist. Yes. But there is a son of perdition. There is a man of destruction. So this person that we call Antichrist, the proper name is son of perdition, the man of destruction. But I will say from time to time Antichrist because that's the popular name and everybody knows what I'm talking about. But I don't like saying it like I don't like saying COVID vaccine because it's not a vaccine. Right. But I say it because that's what people understand. But this son of perdition, this man of destruction, will seek to take over the world. His agenda will be to undo Genesis. That's at the very heart of it right there. To remake the world in the image of the beast. And the people will conform to the image of the beast. We have entered that period of time. I don't know how close we are to that, to the appearance of this man of sin, this son of perdition. You know, years ago, we were wondering if Barack Obama was that man. That rascal's still around. His name. We could do a whole section on what the name Barack Obama, how it appears. Yes. Anyhow, he's still around. And I think he's running the White House right now. And I think he's 
he's maneuvering to put his transvestite husband into the White House. Oh, come on. Let's be real. He's married to a transvest, transvestite man. Joan Rivers Joan, believed that. And they killed her for it. They killed her for it. They cut her throat for saying it. And a lot of people in this country would embrace a transvestite president. They'd be delighted right now. Um, nobody's talking about Tafari Campbell. Do you know his clothes were found before his body? Yes. You know, that came out while I was away for two weeks when we were running the classics. Tafari Campbell's clothing was found by rescuers before they found his body, which means he took his clothes off before he drowned in a couple feet of water. How would, he, how would his clothes come off of him? You ever heard of a, a drowning victim? They, f they, f they found a drowning victim naked in the water. That story is covered up. He's a very evil man. I'm talking about Obama. He's evil. He's wicked. He is wicked. He's evil. And he's been orchestrating the takedown of this country. He is the mastermind, the political agitator who has been directing much of the, of the strife that's in this country. Black Lives Matter, the riots, the takedown of President Trump the censorship of patriots. It goes back to Obama. Yes. He's the mastermind. And I believe that rascal is coming out and he'll do it through his wife. And Doc, Doc what if there's a Michelle Obama, Barack Obama ticket and he runs for vice president? There's nothing constitutionally that forbids him from doing that. That's right. What stops it? And they release a COVID virus. They release some kind of virus in 2024 that, that shuts down all the polling places in America. Nobody can vote. You okay. have to vote by mail. Or, no, or, or, or digital, electronically. Electronically. That's where they really With your phone. Vote. You have to vote with your phone. Okay. And everybody, they will embrace it. Hey, we're going to continue as long as God gives us breath. We will be here as a witness for Jesus Christ and his kingdom because he's coming back to deal with this mess. Amen. He is coming back to clean up this place and create a new earth and bring new Jerusalem to a new earth. That's our only hope. You are not going to fix this mess. It's too rotten. You're not going to fix it. It's, it's rotten to the bone. It's satanic. And our only hope is King Jesus Christ. I hope that you will support us in the days and weeks ahead. Your brave, brave group of people to financially support an edgy ministry like us in the last days. You're brave. You're very brave. And uh, I hope that we can live up to your bravery, that you financially step out and support us, and we will we will live up to your expectations and we will continue to speak boldly for the kingdom of God. We need your support right now. Really, really need your support. 
And uh, the quickest way is just go to truenews.com, click donate or the heart. You can do that on the app also. And uh, give the very best gift that you can give right now. Or send a check or money order or precious metals. P.O. Box 690069, Vero Beach, Florida, 32969. Or call the number 800-576-2116. I will appreciate it very, very much. A lot. Thank you so much. We'll be back here tomorrow. And then Monday, we start 12 noon live. Make sure you schedule your day for the new two-hour True News streaming live and broadcasting on WWCR starting Monday, 9-11. God bless.